Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Jeremiah 29 verses 1 through uh, verse 7. If you've been tracking with us over the past uh, few weeks, we have been going through a series called Who We Are. And essentially, we're talking about foundational principles that make Renewal Church of Chicago, Renewal Church of Chicago. In other words, uh, these are things that are always going to be a part of who we are. This is our culture. This is our DNA. And so we, we've talked about being gospel-centered, that the gospel is not just something that you start out with uh, when you become a follower of Jesus, that that the message of the gospel is something that we're going back to over and over and over again. It is, uh, it is the grace of God through the person and work of Jesus, and our response to that is simply faith in the grace that he's provided, the person and work of Jesus. And we have to continually go back to that message to find our righteousness and remind ourselves that our righteousness is in Jesus and not our ability to perform, not our ability to keep the rules. And it's that that in a a spiritually healthy way drives us to pursue holiness. Uh, And so that's a big part of what you're going to hear in our preaching. That's a big part of what you're going to hear in our small group uh, communication. Uh, And then we talked about aligning biblically. And we, we want to make sure that as a church, we are focused on uh, aligning ourselves to the authority of the Scripture. The Scripture is the revealed Word of God, uh, and it is authoritative. In other words, we uh, don't have any new ideas. Uh, we don't have any new philosophies. We find our ideas uh, and our thoughts about the world who we are, who God is, and what we're to be about in the world through the revealed Word of God. Uh, And then we talked about loving others. It's one thing to have all of the right uh, ideas of how uh, you ought to think about something, right? It's another thing to put those things into practice. And the practical uh, application of us uh, uh, appropriating the Word of God to our lives is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And how, uh, how we do that as embodied through how Jesus did that. And then last week we talked about community and discipleship, and we said we are better together. We're better together. Uh, there is no place in the scriptures uh, that would allow us to think that we can have our own thing with Jesus. We are, uh, we are better together together. We need each other. And it's in the process of community that God uh, shows us the gifts of other people, shows us our gifts. It's in the process of community that we're built up with one another for the glory of God. And in the importance of not just becoming a follower of Jesus and connecting to other people, but man, I, I need to be growing in such a way that I'm able to pour into other people. That ought to be an expectation and I'm, I ought to be expected to pursue relationships with people who are ahead of me in their faith journey. Uh, and so discipleship is uh, an important part of who we are. Uh, and then uh, this week, I'm going to be wrapping up our series in the Who We Are series on loving the city, loving 
uh, loving the city. And so that's what we're going to be talking about uh, together this morning. And with that said, I want to go ahead and read our passage of Scripture into our hearing, and then we'll pray and jump in uh, to our message this morning. Let's read Jeremiah 29, verses 1 through 7. It reads this way. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests. The prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Uh, This was the king Jehoiakim and the queen mother, the count officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem. The craftsmen and the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elisa, son of Shaphan, and to Gemariah, son of Hikiah, from Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity or the welfare, your translation might say, of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because it is because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Very words of Scripture. Amen? As we get into our passage, if I could give us a little bit of context context so that we can appreciate the content uh, of our message. The prophet Jeremiah, in the older portions of our Scriptures, is known as the weeping prophet. Uh, And one of the reasons why he's known as the weeping prophet is that he's communicating on behalf of God kind of the... Uh, the attitude and the, uh, the, the sadness of God in response to the people of Israel's disobedience and their lack of faith. And so Jeremiah communicates uh, to the people of Israel this, uh, this uh, reality of judgment that's coming on the people of Israel. And, and yet while God is communicating this Uh, reality of judgment on the people of Israel for their disobedience, he's not left them without hope. Uh, And so it's a message uh, of judgment, but it's also a message of hope. And and one of the things that you have to recognize as you read through the book of Jeremiah is that as the people of Israel are going through uh, this Babylonian captivity, there are Uh, prophets and priests and preachers who are telling the people of Israel, y'all don't worry about this. We're going to be back uh, in Jerusalem in uh, a few weeks. We're going to be back in action in just a short while. This is just going to be an overnight stay in Babylon. And the reality of their situation uh, is that that wasn't true. If you read on in the rest of Jeremiah 29, That is not the case. And God is using Jeremiah to set the record straight uh, in what he is doing in and through his people. And so uh, the Babylonian captivity happens in the time period beginning in 597, uh, 597 B.C. And so essentially 
What, what happens is the, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, comes in uh, and he ransacks the city of Jerusalem in 597. Uh, now, if you're familiar at all with the older portions of the scriptures, in the first move or transportation of the people of Israel to the city of Babylon, uh, th- these are people like Daniel, uh, who wrote the book of Daniel and, and the prophet Ezekiel in this first transportation. Uh, and the trip from Babylon, or excuse me, from Jerusalem to Babylon would have taken four months. And so you can imagine on, on this journey, the city has been ransacked by, uh, by uh, the king of Babylon, and they're journeying for four months to get to uh, ba- the city of Babylon. And, and the prophets and priests and preachers are saying, no, we're going to be all right. We are going, it's going to be our season soon enough. This is just one chapter in the season. This is just one page uh, in what God is going to do in our lives. He's going to, he's going to, uh, uh, it, the, the, he's going to make it all right soon enough, right? And Jeremiah sends this letter to say, y'all ain't telling the truth. The truth of the matter is my people have been disobedient. The truth of the matter is they're going to spend 70 years in captivity. And yet I'm not leaving them without hope. He says to them in verse 4, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse 7, he says, this is the place where I sent you. In other words, what Jeremiah is communicating on behalf of God is that God, in his sovereign care over all things, has superintended this captivity. He has ensured that this is what is going to happen to the people of Israel. So, so, so God reminds them that he's not forgotten them, but, but he doesn't say this is going to be over in a moment. And, and through Jeremiah 29, 1 through 7, there are nine commands uh, said by God. Uh, and he says in verse 7, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you in exile and uh, and, and, and so he says nine different way, times, nine different ways, seek the welfare of the city or seek the peace and prosperity of the city. He says, pray to the Lord for the city. He says to them, marry and have sons and daughters, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. He says, make your home here. Settle in a little while and be present. Build houses, raise families, plant gardens. We're going to be here a little while. Seek the welfare of the city for in you seeking its welfare you will experience your own, your own 
welfare. So as the people of Israel are experiencing this 70 years of captivity and God has, uh, has told them that they are going to be here for 70 years, he has superintended them being uh, in the city of Babylon, uh, the, the reality is, is that if God superintended that for the people of Israel, then God superintends us in this particular time period, not in 597 uh, BC, but in 2021. That means that God has superintended you and I being here in the city of Chicago. So some of you may have moved to Chicago recently. Others of us, uh, maybe you've always lived in the city of Chicago and uh, and you're yearning for greener pastures. And some uh, of us have this kind of love-hate relationship with the city of Chicago. We, we love certain parts of it, and there are certain other parts of it that we kind of despise. And some of us came to the city, and our only concern is what can the city give me? Uh, and not what can I give this city? Some of us uh, live here to get the benefits of the city, but we're not really connected to the lifeblood of the city. And, and part of that is because Chicago, in, in our minds, for some of us, is that it's just a short chapter in the book of our lives. We, we don't plan on staying here, uh, uh, so we, we never actually put down any roots. And, and God's word to the people of Israel in 597 BC is God's word to the people of God in 2021. You've been placed on purpose. You're here on purpose. So be present to where God has placed you. His word is, I'm sovereign, then I've placed you here. I've placed you here on purpose. In Acts chapter 1, verse 26, and the words will come up on the screen, the apostle Paul is talking to uh, a, a, the, the Areopagus, the Bible says, this kind of uh, public discussion of ideas with philosophers and thinkers in uh, Athens. And he gets up and he says to them in Acts 1, 26, from one man... God, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Uh, so he says, he says, he marked out their appointed times in history. God, having created humanity, has appointed when you and I would live, and he appoints the boundaries of of the lands with which we live. So in other words, this, this, this language in, in, in the original language, it, it's he foreordained it. And so the reality may be that for some of us, you got your degree from, from uh, Northwestern or you got your degree from, uh, from UIC or you, you went to DePaul and, and, and you got your degree from the University of Michigan or, or whatever, and, and you got your degree, and finance happened to be your, your, what your degree was in, and so the, the capital, the finance capital of the Midwest is Chicago, and so you're a Midwestern person, and so you, you, you came to Chicago. It just seemed like the natural turn of events, uh, and, and yet the reality is that God has placed you here on purpose. He has, he has, he has foreordained it. John uh, 1 and 14, as Jesus is communicating 
uh, or as, as uh, the gospel writer John is communicating the incarnational nature of, of God moving in to humanity, uh, he, he communicates this idea of, of being present in the community of humanity. And you may have uh, been born and raised here in the city of Chicago. You, you may have, uh, have always longed to look for what's on the other side or what's different than uh, the place that I, I've lived my whole life. Um, and the truth of the matter is, is that for this season, the season that you're here, God has placed you here. Others of us, we came for other reasons. We came to be students. We came to get jobs. We came to be a, a part of something. And in the sovereignty of God, he has placed you and I in the city of Chicago. We're placed on purpose. So in, in John in 1 and 14, the gospel writer John says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And, uh, and this language of, of uh, making his dwelling and becoming flesh is, uh, is language of Jesus moving into the neighborhood. Uh, it's, it's, it's language uh, the, literally, it is that Jesus tabernacled among us. Uh, it's that he pitched his tent uh, among us, right? It's that he moved into the neighborhood. He smelled like the neighborhood. He, he had dirt underneath his fingernails from the neighborhood. He... He rubs shoulders with people in the neighborhood. He made his home incarnationally into humanity. Mark 1, 14 through 15, as Jesus begins his ministry in Galilee, uh, he's preaching the gospel of God. And, and the scripture says, uh, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And essentially what he's communicating here uh, is this idea that, uh, that, that through him, the kingdom of God, watch this now, uh, watch this, don't miss this, is, is breaking into earth. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Now, Jesus isn't running around saying, I uh, am going to die sacrificially in your place and for your sins, and I'm going to raise in victory over Satan's sin and death. He hasn't acknowledged that. He won't acknowledge that for a little while longer. But the Bible says in Mark 1.14 that he's preaching the good news message of the gospel of God. And so what is the good news message that the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe? What, what is that? You see, the gospel is interwoven and God's grace is interwoven into the person of Jesus because it's Jesus' perfect life 
being our perfect representative that allows him to represent everybody and initiate the renewal of all things. So it's through Jesus's incarnational life as uh, fully God and fully human, living perfectly like nobody else, that the kingdom of God through his incarnation is breaking into earth. God is breaking into earth through the person and work of Jesus. Uh, In John 1, he has moved into the neighborhood. So when Jesus is teaching his disciples, as he's he's talking to people uh, uh, about being followers uh, uh, of his and, and how to live as followers of his, he's talking about this idea of the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is breaking in through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so when he turns his attention, hang in there with me, I promise I'm coming to your neighborhood. When he turns his attention to prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, and we, we got to go to the classroom for a little bit, but, but, but I want to show you this. In Mark chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, he's teaching his disciples how to pray, right? And so he's teaching them how to pray, our Father who art in heaven, that, that famous uh, prayer, the Lord's Prayer, right? He finishes that prayer saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let me put this together for us, together uh, real quick. God is breaking into earth through the person and work of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is breaking into earth through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And as followers of Jesus, as people who've been united to Jesus by faith, as ambassadors of Christ, for those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is breaking into earth through you and I, and we're participating in the trajectory of what God is doing in the world. And eventually what's going to happen is God's kingdom is going to come on earth as it is in Heaven. And so when Jeremiah writes to the people of Israel in Jeremiah 29 and verse 7, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you, it is the idea of seeking the, the shalom in the original language in the Hebrew. It, it's, the, it's the idea of seeking the wholeness of the city. And as you and I participate in, in the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, and, and as we do that, as people who love the city that God has placed us in because he's placed us on purpose, we seek the welfare of the city that he has placed us in. We find our own in that participating in God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And and let me show you how the scripture points, how how the scripture points us in the future, in our future experience, in our future reality. 
In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10 in the newer portions of the scriptures, uh, the Bible says that by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later, later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promise in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. So he's pointing forward as as Abraham is called out in response to God by faith to go to the promised land. That promised land points forward to a future reality that is a truer and better promised land. And it is a new city. Says he's looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. In the last book of the Bible, Revelation 21 and verse 2, uh, the, the author John says this, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The trajectory of Scripture is pointing forward to a city. That city is in the new heavens and the new earth. And that city is called the New Jerusalem. And so for those of us who have been sovereignly placed in the city of Chicago, who are ambassadors of Christ, just as Abraham looked forward and did the work of faith in anticipating the renewal and restoration of all things, you and I participate in God's kingdom work by participating in the renewal Church of Chicago, to renew, rebuild, and release people through the work of Jesus Christ, and doing that as loving the city, where God has sovereignly placed us so that we can see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven until we finally get there. And it's for that reason that we love this city. It's, it's for that reason because God has placed us on purpose. It, it's for that reason as God tells the people of Israel where he's placed them sovereignly in Jeremiah 29 to, uh, to uh, seek the welfare, seek the shalom, seek the wholeness of the city that we find ourselves in. For in it we will find and experience our own wholeness. As we participate in God's kingdom come in Chicago as it is in heaven. It's, it's the reason why we as a church participate in Chicago delivers in caring for people in the midst of this pandemic and ensuring that people have their groceries. It's, it's the reason uh, that Pastor Derek felt led to start that organization within the Chicago Partnership for church planning. It's the reason why we are invested and involved in the Chicago Partnership for Church Planning. And, and we're, uh, we're seeing churches planted around the city of Chicago and invested in church planners to see that happen as well, to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ and love this city. It's the reason why we support Breakthrough Urban Ministries and uh, and we come alongside and cater meals for uh, for the homeless shelter there. It, it's the reason why uh, I and uh, our elder Jay 
serve as board members for GRIP Outreach for Youth. It, it's the reason why we love GRIP the school and, uh, and the reason why we did uh, all of those Instacart card, cards and for the pop-up at, at Wells through the relationship that we have with GRIP the school and Sean Proctor and the people who are doing stuff at that high school as we worship there on the weekends, Lord willing, on the other side of this pandemic. And, uh, and so we come alongside people invested in this uh, this community because we long to seek the welfare of the city because we love it because God has placed us here on purpose not to be bystanders but to be participants to love the city because God has placed us here on purpose some of us when we got to Chicago we, we moved to Chicago uh, we, we, we church hopped for a couple years and, uh, and we landed at, at Renewal. And you're hearing me talk about loving the city and, 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 and investing in the city. And, and a number of you are probably like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm with that. I, get, I see that, Steve. I see the importance uh, of that. The, the city of Chicago has so many uh, beautiful things and so many troubled things, and we need to love the city. We need to participate in loving the city. And, and some of us, man, we, we finally, we landed at Renewal, and we consider Renewal our church home, but, uh, but we've never gone to a membership class. And the reason in our minds that we've never gone to a, a membership class uh, is, is because we don't plan on being here long term. Really, Chicago, in our minds, is just a page in the chapter of our lives. And my message to you this morning is that as God has placed you here, be here. Some of us are are waiting for the last place that we think that will be, and we make plans for the future all the while never being fully present in the present. And God is saying, sure, are, are you going to be in a different city later on? Maybe. Is that going to be in the will of God? Maybe, probably, I don't know. But while you're here, be here. Link arms, commit. And this is just, this is, this is interesting to me, but this is like a really practical thing that I think that you can do for yourself to help you realize that you're here, like this is your home. Some of us who've moved to the city of Chicago, we need to get a new driver's license. Your driver's license still says Tennessee. Your, your driver's license still says some other place. You've been here two years. And just for your soul to, to feel like you're fully present here, maybe part of that is just to go get a driver's license from the state of Illinois. Others of us, man, you grew up here. You, you grew up here. And the truth of the matter is uh, you, you've always wanted to be somewhere else and you could, uh, and you could uh, move somewhere else. And, and, uh, and there's nothing wrong with moving somewhere else, but you could move somewhere else and you're longing to be somewhere else 
is never going to fade. You're just going to be in a different place, in a different city, and you're going to find yourself in that other place or that new place uh, saying to yourself, I feel the same way. I'm just in a different place. And the reason why you might feel that way when you get in the new place is because you've trusted in the new place to bring you lasting satisfaction, comfort, joy, and peace. And the reality is a city and a place never promised to be that for you. But the God of the universe, who you're in relationship with by faith, has promised to bring you lasting satisfaction, comfort, joy, and peace. So sometimes longing for the other city, Nashville or L.A. or whatever it may be, and these are all wonderful places, but sometimes those places for us are our idols. It's an ethereal world that we work up in our minds When I get there, then I will arrive. And baby, if God is not your there, you ain't never going to arrive. One of the things that I have been convicted uh, with over the course of time with uh, being a participant in the lifeblood of the city is my civil responsibility. Um, so many people focus on the presidential election, and there's a lot to, uh, to go into that, and it's important. Um, and I'm convinced, uh, based off of Pastor Derek works with the Ann campaign and Justin Gibney and the Ann campaign, and we'll put the book up that they, uh, they put out. It's, it's really wonderful. Uh, they, they talk about how in a democratic republic, the, the type of government that we have, we as, elect, uh, we as the people elect the officials who are our leaders. So in that way, we are the ones uh, who have the responsibility uh, of uh, electing our leaders. And so therefore, we are the ones uh, who are leading in that way through the people that we nominate. And part of the issues that we experience in Chicago is a part of a lack of our own civil responsibility in participating in the local political Uh, races that we have here uh, in our city. And the thing that every Christian, uh, every follower of Jesus should want to be a part of is seeking uh, to love your neighbor as yourself. And as we are in a democratic republic, in that we are the ones who elect our, uh, our officials, then we have the responsibility of ensuring that that happens through our participation uh, in that democratic republic. And so that means finding out who our aldermans are. That, that means saying, man, I, I, need to, uh, I need to figure out who it is that I'm voting for for these circuit judges. I, I, need, to, I need to know who I'm voting for for mayor. I need, I, need, uh, I need to invest some energy in finding out who these people are and what they value. That's a part. That's just a part. And I'm not trying to get political on you. I'm saying that that's a part of us participating in loving the city and loving our neighbor as ourselves is our civic responsibility uh, in that way. 
Uh, and, and there are others of us, man, where you, you've heard some of the stuff that, I, that I've talked about. And man, we need to we need to go on and get involved in Chicago Delivers. We need to go on and get involved in Grip Outreach for Youth and become a mentor for uh, uh, for kids who are uh, maybe middle of the road and they could really use some uh, attention. We need to get, get involved in Kara's Pregnancy Center. We need to get involved in Breakthrough Urban Ministry. We, we need to get involved in Lawndale uh, Medical Center, we, Christian Medical Center. We need to get involved in those places as a, a, an act of participating and seeking the welfare of the place where God has placed us because God's kingdom is breaking into earth and it's pointing us forward to a future reality And as we seek the welfare of the city, we're participating in God's kingdom come uh, to earth as it is in heaven. You see, all of what I've just talked to you about the past several minutes uh, is not possible in our own strength. We can't do any of these things in our own strength, but it's because Jesus Christ left the glory uh, of heaven to live uh, and to move into the neighborhood, to to tabernacle among us. It, it's because he, he lived like nobody else as he moved in. It's because uh, the kingdom of God has broken into earth through the person and work of Jesus. He now empowers and enables us to seek the welfare of the city of Chicago as we look forward to the great city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And so I want to ask of you that you would roll up your sleeves, incarnate yourself into the community that you live, move into the neighborhood, and get your fingernails dirty for God's glory and our good, because we are placed on purpose. God bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your kindness towards us. We thank you that this is a church that's passionate uh, about the gospel, that's passionate about the scripture, that's passionate about community and discipleship, uh, that's passionate about loving others, and that's passionate about loving uh, our city. And so, God, you placed us here. We're here. We're we're not anywhere else. Um, we We may spend a lot of time thinking about another place. And yet, God, just as you called the people of Israel to not listen to the prophets who say this is just going to be for a short while. But seek the welfare of where I've placed you because we're going to be here for a little while. And so, God, for whatever time that is allotted to us, God, would that be true of the people who are a part of this community of faith? That we love the city because we understood that we were placed here on purpose. It's in Jesus name that I pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.